Welcome to yet another episode of the Speak Real podcast, where we share one-on-one conversations with our youth speakers, and they share their stories and some of the experiences that they went through along their journey. Um, We also believe that sharing stories and storytelling is the best way to empower youth and give them a platform to share their voices and to find their voices. So today we'll be speaking with Michael, one of our youth youth facilitators, as well as by day a fitness enthusiast and by night a salsa dancer extraordinaire. So hey, welcome, 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 Michael. Thanks for being here. Hey, that was awesome. Of course, I'm so happy to be here. I'm actually so excited. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Good, yes, me too, definitely. So why don't we just get right into it? Um, we'll be talking to Michael today about his story, a bit about some of the things that he struggled with um, along his journey with mental health and his wellness, as well as how he's doing with COVID and how's that affecting him today. So we'll get right into the first question. I'm gonna ask you, Michael, tell us a bit about your childhood and what it was like for you growing up. Sure, so um, I grew up in, um, in an Italian family, a, a traditional Italian family. I had both my parents growing up and I was, I was a happy kid. And, um, you know, I, I went to school. I, I was, I was okay. I, I had, a, I had a happy childhood. For me, my mental health challenges actually started in high school. And, um, things slowly started to change for me. And that's when I was diagnosed with high functioning depression. And, and that basically means that on the outside, um, the high functioning part means that I was doing everything that you would expect someone to be doing that didn't struggle with mental health. So I was exercising, went to school, did my homework, tried to be social with friends but on the inside I was completely different and it was like the complete opposite and I didn't feel I felt I felt really bad I felt really heavy all the time really sad I didn't really know how to explain it yeah no I can definitely um relate with that I know that for me a lot of my troubles started in high school and it's so so unfortunate but I want to ask you when did you first notice or what were the first signs that you noticed that you were struggling? Um, that's a really good question. One of the first signs for me probably was a lack of motivation. I, it would be very hard to find something that I enjoyed. Some, it was really hard to find the motivation to, to do things. And I remember one of the first really big signs like oh like something's going on is I didn't really feel like trying very hard at school you know my grades started to slip a little bit and um I just I I I lost I lost that push kind of to to keep trying it was really hard to find something to be excited about and um that will go on for a long time and you know what? It made me really sad after a little while. Yeah, no, that's definitely a lot to deal with, deal with especially in high school with all the pressures of school and um, noticing that you're feeling, you're struggling with the mental health. Mm-hmm. That's a 
first part noticing. So what did you do um, once you did notice, once you found out that you were struggling, what were the first steps in sort of um, in getting help? Well, okay, so this was middle of high school. And to be honest, I didn't really do much. I kind of just tried to figure it out on my own. And, you know, at the time too, this was all so new to me. I didn't really even understand what I was going on. And I don't even think I knew that I was struggling with my mental health. I think, you know, I just looked at it as something that I was dealing with and that, uh, that I'll figure out or that I'll, you know, learn, learn to live with. But then, um, towards the end of high school, towards my first two, three years of university, I, it still kind of stuck around. Right. And then finally I reached out for help, um, after my first few years of of university so it was a long time before I actually reached out and I and I and I did something about it yeah and it can it, sometimes it takes a long time to to find that strength to sort of reach out and I definitely can relate um, I guess I want to ask you what was the um, sort of the biggest the biggest challenge that you went through when you were struggling what was the one of the biggest challenges that you you went through my biggest challenge was believing that I was going to be okay because, you know, logically we can say, yeah, you know what, everything will get worked out, you know, and when, when, when someone's upset about something, we all intu intuitively want to say, you know, it's going to be okay. You're, you're going to be okay. But for me, when I was really feeling the effects of my mental health, when I would get into, you know, one of those periods of, 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 of depression, it's like I couldn't see that. Sometimes I really couldn't see a way out. And even though, you know, there I, had, um, I had some support and people were telling me that I was going to be okay, I didn't believe it because at the time, all I knew was the depression I was feeling. I didn't know what it was going to be like to be okay. And I didn't, I couldn't see myself getting to that, you know, and it's, it's, which is one of the things that makes mental health so, so difficult is because it's not really a clear formula, right? Where it's like, you know, you have a headache take an Advil. It doesn't really work like that. It's a super long process and it's a lot of trial and error as, as, as you go. So that was probably the hardest thing is believing that I was going to be okay, especially when I was really struggling. Absolutely. For sure. I definitely resonate. Um, you know, I like what you said that mental health is a process. Mm -hmm. Definitely a lifelong journey for anybody who struggles with anything with their mental health. It's not just a one fixed a cup of tea or a one um, uh, talk speaking to a psychiatrist or a therapist. It's a lifelong journey, and we all we all have to take the time to um, to put in those those coping coping skills and find the skills of how to how to help our mental health and how to how to 
cope when we're going through these difficult situations. So I want to ask you, what was, um, the, what was something that you did to overcome all of these, um, these mental health challenges? Yeah, that's, that's a really good, good question. Um, so there's a few things that I'm currently doing, um, you know, and at the time that we're, we're recording this, we're just coming out of uh, COVID quarantine. And I'll talk about that in, in a little bit. But right at the beginning, when I first was diagnosed, when I was first trying to find ways to cope with it, um, first of all, I went to go seek professional help. And I want to talk a little bit more about that, but right off the bat, you know, I just paid, paid a visit to my family doctor. She got me con connected with someone that, that I can talk to. And I used to go on YouTube a lot. YouTube used to really help me. And I used to just search something as simple as depression motivation, something to get me through my day. That was really helpful. Netflix really helped me too at the beginning because, you know, at least for that 45 minutes or that hour that I was watching a show, my head was on some, my brain was think, was focused on something else other than whatever I was going through, other than dwelling on how sad I was. And then the other thing that really helped was trying to be with friends as much as I could, even though I didn't really want to sometimes. Um, even though you wanna kind of come back a little bit, hang out by yourself, you also have to realize that it's not gonna be helpful, right? So even though like, I didn't want to, I tried to get out as much as I could, tried to stay healthy, tried to exercise, um, which, were, which are all little pieces to the puzzle, I think. Definitely. And it's just like you said, little pieces to the puzzle is about taking the little tiny steps that, you know, that are going to help us. Just the little one step at a time, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So um, you talked about um, your COVID and how that was affecting you. Um, can you speak a little bit of how how was in the beginning, you know, how your mental state or your mental um, wellness was in the beginning versus how it is in the end? And how, how did COVID affect you, basically? Yeah, sure. Um, you know what? I, I really want to talk about it because I think a lot of people can relate. Um, so anyways, at the beginning of COVID, you know, I was doing okay, actually. Um, I'm a little bit of an introvert by nature, which doesn't mean I like to hang out at home by myself all the time. It just means, you know, I can appreciate my alone time. Um, so I was actually doing pretty well at the time I was finishing off my semester of school. I had other things going on. And then slowly, you know, some things started to change. A couple things were happening in my life that, that didn't make me feel so good. That made me feel a little bit of pain, made me a little sad. And 
as we went through COVID, I kind of just sat with those feelings. And then there was one point not too long ago where a few things kind of happened in my life and which were really big triggers for me and just um, set me down pretty quick. And I think I can say that it was the hardest period in terms of my mental health, the hardest thing in my life that I've ever had had to go through. Um, I, I remember feeling completely hopeless. You know, I, I, I felt like giving up. I, I, I couldn't see a way out. And um, it, was, it was super tough because, you know, now the whole thing about COVID, I'm a pretty active person. I, I go out, you know, like, like you said in your intro, there's always stuff I'm, I'm involved with. And when I was having that really rough time, I couldn't go out and do any of that stuff that I would normally do. Right. I, at the time I couldn't go, go to the gym, participate in, in the hobbies I like to do, which made it worse. And I tend to be a thinker. So at night I was, I was, I would stay up thinking. And so I wasn't sleeping either. So all those things made it worse. And, um, it was, it was hard. It was, it was, it was really, really hard for me. Yeah. You know what? I, I for sure, I feel like a lot of us can relate with that COVID with anybody who um, had mental health struggles before existing mental health struggles before COVID kind of, um, put those in the, on, under a micro, uh, microscope mm -hmm. or a magnifying glass. And now I feel like, yeah, just like what you said, everything that um, we were kind of struggling with before, all the things that we could have done to sort of help ourselves through that, the coping mechanisms that we've come to learn up to this point, we could no longer do. And I feel like that's why COVID has been such a struggle for everyone. So I'm gonna ask you now, what are some things, you know, now that COVID has been a part of our lives for so long, what are some things that you, some, what are some creative ways that you're finding to, um, to make yourself feel better during these COVID times? Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's a really good question. Because, um, you know, even though I went through the hardest thing I've ever had to, to go through, I also knew that I, I didn't want to feel like that, right? So um, the first thing I did um, was I reached out, reached out for help. And um, let me be 100% honest. And this, this was from advice that I got from my uncle. And, um, you know, he's... Uh, He's a businessman, and um, you know he says that uh, when you're when you're dealt with a roadblock, you gotta first identify the problem, and second find the best team you can to help you solve that problem. So first of all, right? I definitely agree with that. So like you can't begin to address the problem unless you know what to address. So I obviously knew. 
what, what I was going through. So that brings me to, to, to the next part, right? The people that I chose to kind of help, help me through that. And I want to break this stereotype a little bit, the stereotype of therapy and, and professional help. So let me tell you that it was so hard for me that I was feeling a little desperate. I knew I, I wanted help. I knew that, that this wasn't, this wasn't, you know, um, this wasn't going to last forever. And I knew there was people to help me through it. So I have a great therapist that I talk to on a regular basis. I have a psychiatrist. I consulted a naturopath. I um, am even working with a mindfulness coach right now. And let me tell you, when I think of the, the best team, like the team I have is, is, is pretty good. <laughs> um, and, you know, some people might think, oh, my gosh, like he actually has all those people. Like, wow, he must really need help. To be honest, it's not even about that. It's just for me personally, the type of person I am, I can't sit and think, you know what? That thing could have probably helped, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to reach out to that person. It's like, no, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to live like this. I know there's something better. And if there's help somewhere out there, I'm going to do everything I can to get it. So those are all the people that I seek professional help from. And on top of that, family. I reached out to my family and a few of my really close friends, which was honestly really hard for me. Even though um, people in my family knew what, you know, my mental health history and what I've struggled with in the past, um, I'm, I'm still a pretty private person. I was kind of going through it on my own, dealing with it on my own. And so for me to open up and say, you know what, I'm really struggling, like I need some extra support, that was, that was big. That was, that, was, that was really hard for me. And, um, and I, think, I think at some point I had to realize, you know what, like I'm going through a really rough patch right now. Not only, oh, and, and that was the other thing. I was diagnosed with depression, but this period of my life, um, this really hard part that I, that I recently went through, I started to experience some anxiety too. So now I'm dealing with anxiety, which I never really dealt with before. You know, I, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. Let me tell you, anxiety sucks. It's horrible. <laughs> like, so <laughs> like it's the worst. Um, it's like, it was debilitating. So at some point I had to realize, you know what, like, this is hard. And even though I want to, I can't really do it on my own. And that's okay. You know, like I can't beat myself up for that. Right. And so I reached out to, to my, to my family. And, um, I have to say that uh, people who know me know that I'm an emotional person 
I'm a, I'm a sensitive guy. I don't really get worked up about a lot of things. But uh, honestly, when I think about like the family and like all the people I have that support me and I have my back, like kind of gets me, gets me a little choked up because, <laughs> uh, you know, it really, <laughs> sorry, it really uh, reminds me that, uh, you know, even people that I don't talk to on a regular basis or that. Um, you know, I wouldn't expect, like, they're always there for me. So that's a really important thing for everyone to realize that there's always people there, but you got to reach out first. They can't read your mind. Absolutely. Um, oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm definitely getting a bit teary because I definitely know um, that support from family and how important that is. And what it means especially for someone who's struggling it's mm -hmm. and I just love what your uncle said um, about identifying the problem and find the best team to solve it takes a whole village you can't do anything by yourself it always takes a team to do anything so just like what Michael said reaching out to those people even though we are going through COVID times and we do have to keep in mind social distancing we can still have a phone call and um absolutely and it takes a lot of strength to admit that you're struggling and then share that with people. But honestly, sometimes the hardest thing um, standing in our way is the best thing to, to do for ourselves. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so support's really important, but I, I want to throw in like a few like practical things that, that you can physically do uh, to help that have honestly, like I'm not just saying this, that I have literally done and that has helped me get through the worst of it. You know, it, it hasn't gone away. So, right, it, it usually never does. But these things kind of help me get maybe 1% better every day, which is a blessing, right? So first of all, really good, good advice that, that someone gave me. You have to make a schedule for yourself. You won't want to do it, you know, especially, trust me, I know. On my, on my worst days, I don't want to go anywhere, see anyone, do anything, just stay in bed. You know, sometimes it's hard to even get out of bed. But staying in bed isn't going to be helpful. So even though you don't want to do it, you got to make a schedule for yourself and stick to it. If you need help, get someone to help you drag your butt out of bed, <laughs> right? Um, and make sure that schedule is filled with things that are going to help you. You know, you may not feel better right away. You're not going to want to do it, but positive things. Um, and, you know, some people say, and even I said this at first, you know, but I'm not going to want to. I'm not going to be motivated. And you know what? You're right. You're not going to be motivated. Problem is, you know, we might want to wait for the motivation. Like, I'll do it when I, when I feel like it you're not gonna feel like it. You gotta do it first, and then slowly as things get better, then you'll feel like doing it. So one of those things that you should do, that honestly, I say to everyone, every single day, is get outside and get some exercise. That's something that I've been doing every single day. Um, and for me, I feel the best when I get some exercise in the morning first thing to start my day off on a good note so I have literally set my alarm for 6 30 a.m every morning I'm at the gym for 7 30 
even though some days I don't want to do it, I'll go to the gym. Like yesterday, got up, went to the gym, and I did a little bit of weights, right? And, um, you know, for me, that's what getting active means. Get outside. Every evening, I try and take my dog for a walk. That's the other thing, right? Some some people might say, oh, well, well that's easy for you. You're, you're obviously a fit guy. You know, you, you go, go to the gym. I would say, you know what? It doesn't matter. Do whatever exercise means for you. If that means going outside, walking a few houses down and back. Maybe you do that a few times a day. That's perfect. That's awesome, right? But you have to exercise. We know that exercise makes our body feel good which also makes our mind feel good. I like what you said about everybody finding their own regimen. Like, you know, you go on long walks with your dog and, you know, some people that may not work. Just take this two steps down, two blocks down, that's, that's good enough. So it's all about finding what works for you ultimately. But definitely about getting your body moving because it's a proven fact that it helps for sure. So thanks for sharing that. Um, I'm going to ask you or... Um, the last thing or last few questions. And um, uh, my last thing is throughout your journey, um, you know, you shared a lot about your mental health struggles and what you did to sort of overcome them. And what I want to find out from you, what is the one best piece of advice that someone has ever shared with you throughout your entire journey? That one piece of advice that you'd like to, to share with others. Hmm. That's a good question. I have, you know what? I can't decide between two, so I'm gonna say them both. So first off, this is a piece of advice that um, I heard um, a long time ago, two or three years ago, and I love it. And I say it all the time because I think, all right, I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> so the advice is, you know, you are not responsible for the unfortunate, sad, crappy things that happen to you in your life. You're not responsible for those unfortunate situations because they happen, right? You're not responsible for the mental health challenges that you find yourself in. However, you are responsible for what you do next. So you're responsible for what you do about it, the way you think about it, who you talk to about it. And you're responsible for doing that for you because you have so much to offer. So you have to, you have no other choice, right? Absolutely. I really, really, really love that. That's such a key piece of advice. So thank you so much for sharing that, Michael. And I hope everyone at home took that in, wrote it down because it's so key, something that I, I remind myself of every day. So very key. Um, and in closing, um, I just have a one, one or two last questions. I'm going to ask... Sure. You know, you shared a lot, and thank you so much again for sharing um, so much about the tools that we can do about getting your body moving, about how we can um, reach out to our family members and also um, professional help as well to sort of help us through these times. 
But I want to ask you if you could describe yourself in one word, what would that one word be? Mm, good question. Oh, before I answer that, I want to tell you the second piece oh, right. of advice I want to say. <laughs> so the second piece of advice, the, the reason why I was struggling is because I recently just heard it and I think it's perfect. So have you heard of the lotus flower? Yes, definitely. Yes, okay, yeah. It's a, it's a very symbolic in Eastern teachings especially. And I don't know if you knew this, someone recently explained to me and it like blew, blew my mind, but the lotus flower, it's a beautiful flower that grows on the top of the water. But first, it has to implant its seed at the, at the very bottom and grow through the mud in order to get to the water. And it can't grow without the mud. So a lot of times, you know, when we're dealt with a challenge, we, we just want to like get rid of the mud as fast as we can. And then, you know, everything's going to be okay. But if we don't have the mud, we don't have the flower. So the advice that this specific person gave me was no mud, no lotus. I thought that was so powerful. Like, oh my gosh, like it gives me goosebumps because you know what? You can't get rid of it most times. You got to go through it. But once you do, something beautiful will come out of it. Beautiful. Such beautiful words of advice. Such a beautiful story, a beautiful analogy. And so telling, so telling. So again, thank you for sharing that piece of advice. Okay, so the word to describe me. Yes. <sighs> You know what? I I have a bracelet that that says this that, that this one word and that is resilient. You know, like I am. Like there's no other way to say it. Like, you know, I've come this far. I continue to work through it. I continue to come out better and stronger. Even though disclaimer, like I said before, I don't always feel like I'm going to get through it or I don't know how. Eventually you do. And so I am resilient. That is beautiful and such a telling word as well. I've known you for the while that I've known you and I can say that definitely, Michael, you are a resilient soul for sure. Very resilient. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so thank you again, Michael, for coming and sharing those words of advice. Thank you for the stories that you shared. Thank you for giving us such practical tips on what we can do to sort of help us through these difficult times. And um, thank you all at home for watching, of course. Thank you for tuning in to the Speak Real podcast. Again, join us here every Tuesday, every Tuesday or Monday, every Monday and Tuesday for another um, Speak Real podcast where we come and we interview the youth speakers, sharing their stories about the struggles that they've gone through and what things they have done to overcome those struggles. So again, I want to thank you to everyone who has made these um, podcasts and all of our on online programming possible. Um, think people like TD Bank Group, um, so many others, but all the contributors that have made our podcast and all of our online program possible. We thank you so much because this is allowing us to um, get those important conversations started and um, allowing us to reach those people and impact people using our voices. So thank you again. And thanks for tuning in. Thank you.